You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. G'day, Kate Campbell. How are you doing? Good, Owen. We've made it to a brand new financial year. We, we just limped over the line. <laughs> it seems that way. And we are recording on a Friday afternoon, which is blasphemy. Uh, yeah, it's probably not a great idea. So we're going to bring you five ideas, five ways to spend your money, spend it wisely when you get your tax return. Yeah. And hopefully you do get a tax refund. I mean, I haven't even thought that far ahead. I've got probably a lot of paperwork to sort out before I get to the stage I can get my tax return in. So yeah, this is probably preemptive for me. I haven't even, I don't even know if I'll get a tax refund, but um, hopefully some of our lovely listeners will get a tax refund. I'm sure they will. Let's imagine that you're the average Aussie, which will say you get about three grand back. That's a good slab of cash to do something with. It takes about two weeks to get your refund, let's say. So once you've filed your tax returns, you can generally expect that in about two weeks to hit your bank account. They were very quick last year. Yeah, they're getting quicker. We say two weeks. This is kind of like a general rule, but oftentimes it's a lot quicker. I guess we're just using averages here. You might get more, you might get less. You might have to actually end up paying some tax if you've got things like if you have been given options for shares that you need to pay tax on or if you run a business where you haven't kept enough tax. But you might also get a lot more if you're very savvy and you follow some of the tips that we laid out in the recent podcast with Jacob. Yeah, you might have made a lot of personal super contributions. Um, you might have made a lot of charitable donations. Or, yep, got those franking credits. Yeah, you might have only been working half of the year, so you might get tax refunds. Negatively so. geared. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we're assuming three, 3K in your pocket in, say, the next two to three months. Mm. So I love this time of year because you want to race off to the tax agent. They're generally pretty busy, but 
sooner you get to them or the sooner you do your tax yourself online or whatever yeah. you're doing. I mean, for a lot of people, it is quite simple to do it online now. The, the government does pull in a lot of the data. So if you're a fairly simple PAYG worker, yeah. it does all get pulled in now. Just make sure you're not missing any of those capital gains and, you know, losses yeah. and also that um, you are claiming your full amount for your car if you use that for work, any of like your mobile phones or anything like that and any work from home slash office expenses that you have, we detailed those and we provided links in the show notes in recent episodes. So go check those out. Okay. So we want to maximize our tax return. Got it. Now we've got three grand in our pocket, let's say. What would you do with three grand in your pocket? Okay. Well, the first thing is I would remind myself that this is actually my money. It's not some, I think some people treat their tax return just like, oh, a bonus gift that they can just, I don't know, fetter away or something like. Splurge and something, yeah. Go out for a a great time with friends and family. But just remember it is your money. So don't allocate a different value to that 3K than to the 3K that you'd earn from a month of work. So yeah, just remind yourself it is my money. What am I going to do with it? So the first thing I would consider doing if I had some bad debt if I've accumulated a few buy now pay letter debts across the year, if I've got a credit card debt that I've been struggling to pay off, if I've got a personal loan, a car loan, $3,000 can often go a really long way to getting down, getting that level of debt down and lowering your interest rates as well. Yeah. So that's the first, absolute first priority. And I totally agree. We talk about emergency funds. Yeah. Emergency funds keep you safe financially. The opposite of keeping you safe would be a credit card, buy now, pay later account, something like that. Especially if you've got plans to get a loan from a home loan or something like that, or if you want to you know, do something with a business where you need a loan, you don't want any of those things on your record, not to mention the stress that it puts people under. Yeah. So many Australians can't save $2,000 for an emergency fund, and it is the by far the most important thing that you can do. Yeah, and if you don't already have an emergency fund, 3K would well and truly get you set up with an emergency fund. So totally. I would I would be using that to supercharge your emergency fund if you don't have one or you've only just gotten started putting three to six months of bare minimum living expenses aside in a high interest savings account. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. So first of all, we've got emergency fund slash paying off your debt. Yep. What's number two? What would you do if you had 3K, Kate? Yeah, so another option is doing a little bit of a super top up. So you can super duper top up. Yeah, yep. you can contribute voluntarily to your super fund. It doesn't just have to be through your employer. Yep. So that's another option as well. You can go, log on to your super account and you can find BPay details and you can set up a, a transfer. Yep. So that's one quite easy way. And especially if you did um, take a little bit of money out of your super during the last financial year, if you're in a better financial position now, it might be a good opportunity to sort of top it back up and get it back on track. For sure. Yep. I think it's a great idea. And because you can put it into your super fund, typically you can claim a tax deduction next Mm. for the the coming financial year or the financial year we're in, which means you'll get, hopefully, another tax refund next year. So kind of it works out in the wash that it makes a lot of sense to invest in super. And supers are low for most people. Super is... Um, a low taxed environment anyway. So if you make investments inside your super, you're going to pay typically less tax than you would outside if you're earning a wage. So rather than put it in your brokerage account, an easy bottom drawer option is to put it in your super fund. One big fat caveat and asterisk we need to put on this though is that obviously if you put it in your super, you're probably not going to get it back for a while. It's going to be there for a while. I don't know if they'll bring in those uh, COVID 
10K rules again. Yeah, and at least, you know, any time Okay, so number two is chuck it in your super, claim a tax deduction while you're doing that. Number three is a bit of an interesting one and probably applies to people like myself. Yeah, I was I was thinking about Owen when I wrote this down, but potentially topping up your offset account if you are a property owner and Owen is now. Yeah, so we I can say this who I bank with, but it's not a recommendation because I don't recommend them, um, which is Bank of Melbourne. So it's a division of St. George. That's who we got our mortgage through. Mm. Or not a division of St. George. St. George is the, the sister company. Um, it's actually a division of Westpac. But what, the way we way we got work, just worked out to be... Um, in our favor, we went through Chris Bates, who was on the show recently. He was our mortgage broker. And we actually got a, a home loan with 99 offset accounts attached to it. So basically, that, in other words, it means you can have an unlimited number of offset accounts. So a quick refresher, offset account, if you have a $500,000 mortgage, you generally pay $500,000, you pay interest on the $500,000. But if you have $100,000 in cash, instead of paying off the mortgage, you can put money into an offset account, which reduces the, air quotes, loan amount to $400,000. So you only pay interest on $400,000. You, you don't get interest on the hundred, but you just pay less on the, on the 500, i.e. 400. And that's a benefit to you. And it typically, because the interest rates on a mortgage are higher than what you get on a savings account, you, it works out better also because you don't pay tax on it. So a super easy way to get ahead financially is to have money in an offset account. And as Chris des- described to us on the podcast, it probably makes sense to do that rather than pay it back because then you still have the flexibility of having that cash, which could be emergency fund Yeah, sitting yeah. there. So easy way to get ahead, easy way to kind of two birds, one stone, feel better about the mortgage while also having that extra emergency buffer there. Yeah. And then you know the 3K has gone to some good use. Yeah. And just so you know, not every bank offers 99 <laughs> offset accounts. I don't know of any others that have that. (laughs) But typically, like most banks offer it. If your bank doesn't offer it, you should ask them why. And you shouldn't necessarily pay more for it. You could always just say, I'm going to go to a different bank and do that whole thing, which is a great way to get ahead too. But um, offset accounts, very easy way to put your money somewhere where it's kind of tax advantage. It's not quite like an investor return over the long term, but um, still a really easy way, bottom drawer type thing again. So anyone can do that that has a mortgage. Yeah. Awesome. Number four. Yes. Number four is probably one of our favorite ones, self-education, aka investing in yourself and your career, which is super important. Yeah. How would you do it? Yeah. So whether it's, I think, I mean, we've progressed a long way since the fact that you'd have to go back and do another degree or a master's or Or a a PhD. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, some professions you still, uh, there are bars, you do have to have a certain degree to actually get accredited in that field. But for a lot of the careers now, and especially if you have a look at some of the jobs reports of what the government thinks the jobs will look like in 2030, so many of those careers aren't actually university like required courses. So it might be a certificate or a diploma and the government is subsidizing a lot of different short courses and certificates and diplomas at the moment. So I've ha- I've looked at quite a few different um, universities and they're offering a lot of different subsidized short courses. So that could be something to look at. Maybe you're interested in coding. There's so many boot camps out there and even the general assembly for user experience and design and mm-hmm. anything mm-hmm. sort of technical, but things that you can learn in a six month period. Yeah, there's so many places you can learn all of this now. And if you want to change career directions or just add a skill to your current skill set, I mean, 
if you if it's something relevant to work, your employer might even be willing to pay if you have a chat to them. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And you should also ask your um, accountants because if you do, if you're in an industry where you want to do PD and you, your employer's not paying for it, but you know it's going to get you a better job or whatever, you might actually be able to claim some of it. Yeah, often if there's enough ties to what you currently do, I mean, yeah. it can't usually be completely. <laughs> you can't go and study design if you're an yeah. engineer, like a like I couldn't let, yeah, I couldn't totally be baking, field, right? baking right now or something. Yeah, like that. but um. Yeah, that's something to consider. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in taking a month off work to learn a new skill or apprentice with someone or do an internship, three grand can pay for your living expenses for a month. So that's... If you, if I said you have a month to go and study something, what would be the thing that you study? Different to what I'm studying now? Yeah. I thought it'd be really cool to actually do like PT. Like personal training? Yeah. So yeah. I could just personal train myself and yep. not injure myself when I'm doing things, but um, even just career development or something like that. Yep. But, yeah, I think I'm studying enough at the moment. Yeah, so. fair enough, fair enough. I'd you probably, wanted to do computer Yeah, I'd probably do more coding. Science. We have a, um, which you're going to be part of this year, we have a study week, which is basically where no one in the business works. It is kind of the business just runs itself and then you spend a week studying something. And, yeah, last year I did coding. Um, this year I'd probably do it again. But I'd love to do something like space. I don't think I, I can get away with we'll studying, you over studying astronomy or even astrology on work yeah, hours. But I'm not sure, sure the ATO been. would tick that one off as a business <laughs> expense. No. So I'd probably just do coding or something like that, which is a bit of fun. Cool. Okay, so that's number four, invest in yourself. Let's recap them. We've got um, pay off your bad debt slash get your emergency funds sorted. Chuck a little bit of money into super. You can claim a tax deduction for anything up to $27,500 for most people. Um, offset account for uh, property owners like myself, people that have a mortgage. Number four was self-education, investing in your career, investing in yourself. Um, number five, oh, it always comes back to this. Yeah, it always comes back to this. Start investing in your future. Yeah, and how do you do that? Well, I mean, the main ways if we take property off the table um, for people to get started really easily and apps let you do it from a dollar or $5 now, investing in shares and exchange traded funds. Yeah, cool. Okay. Which broker do you use to buy shares? We're not, this is not a recommendation. I'm just asking you generally speaking, which, which broker do you use? Well, I've made my life more complicated, so I have a couple, but one of the ones I use is Comsec. Yeah, that's I use Comsec for ASX, but I do want to transfer to self-wealth. It's just a matter of time because they do both ASX and global shares and it's easy. Yeah. Yeah, so that would be the first step. There's so many different platforms and we've we've done a few articles and podcasts on the past on different brokers and international brokers out there. I know we've got some stuff on Rask Education. So if you are trying to find a starting point, but even if you open a couple of different accounts and try them out, they don't charge you anything to open up an account. They're not going to um, penalise you well, yeah. I don't think anymore. I haven't seen that if you just keep the account open. Yeah. Some people will just create a, a NAB trader or a Comsec account just to use the watch list feature yeah. uh, and keep an eye on things and have a look at different things they're interested in. I mean, that's a great first step. Open a brokerage account, add a couple of shares or ETFs that you've heard about to the watch list to just sort of start to get a feel for it. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So, yeah, to brokerage, uh, if to make your job, to make your life even easier, if I was going to start investing today, the one ETF that I would buy first is the VDHG ETF. It's a high-risk diversified growth ETF. I own that ETF. It's from Vanguard. Do you own that in your portfolio? No. No, I have a I've, <laughs> I have a range of different ETFs that essentially do the same thing. But, yeah. Um, no. This is like that all-in-one yeah. basket. Yeah. yeah, it's only been around for a year or so. 
I think maybe maybe two years now. It was pretty small to begin with, but yeah, yeah. VDHG. It's definitely gained a lot of popularity during COVID. Yeah. And I know BetaShares do a similar product as well. And yeah. some of the, I'm sure the other ETF providers will uh, follow on the bandwagon soon, having one ETF that can just give you a diversified global portfolio. Yeah. Um, yeah, so if I had $3,000, I wouldn't put all of it into that, by the way. I'd only put like say $1,000 or $500 or just slowly buy a little bit over time and then maybe mix in, you know, after a couple of months once and you're comfortable. If, yeah, and if buy it's brand else. new to you, you could start with it. A micro investing app and just put five dollars yeah, like in. Raise, and yeah, yeah. Any there's Goodman's, Goodman's. a lot of different ones that yep. allow you to put a really small amount of money Shares in. Shares, any of those. Yeah, yeah. sharesies have come to Australia. There's more and more that are popping up in Australia. Um, which I mean, I think it's a good thing. There's more competition for consumers. Just make sure you do. Do your research. Yeah, make sure they got an AFSL. Make sure you read the PDS product disclosure. And standard. you know what the fees are. Some of these. Some of them have quite high fees. So if you're only putting $5 in, half your account might be gone in fees in no time. So it is worth having a look at that. And I think, yeah, just, I mean, there's no reason not to start small and start early and just have a go. Yeah, that's it. Tax money is good money to do it with because you chances are you're operating you know, without yeah. it anyway. So Everyone has less emotional attachment to the money they get back at tax time. Yeah. Unless I'm- they have to pay money and then they're really annoyed. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Speaking of one final thing, just to sneak on the end here, we didn't anticipate number six, but I'll give a number six, which is just uh, donate some money. So if you get 3000 think about donating it. Pick a charity that you like. We did the episode with Peter Singer, um, who, who lists some fantastic charities, The Life You Can Save. Uh, it's his website. You can go and check that out. Some things include the Fred Hollows Foundation. Yeah. Uh, and World Vision. Looking at the most do. effective charities. And I mean, yeah. even in Australia, like I, I quite enjoy supporting the Smith family. Yep. Really good and one. I think the Foundation for Wildlife and Parks, that sort of plants trees to offset everyone's carbon. Yep. I do um, Berry Street is one that I like, Disadvantaged Youth and Homeless Youth. There's so many good charities out there, but you can head to a life you can save. You can even just do your own research. We'd love to know what you think, actually. If you, if you do have a charity that you give to um, often, share it in the Rask Australia Facebook group because we'd love to know what you're giving to and where we can support So, or what we can support. So, yeah, six great things in the end. Yeah, I think the main thing just – actually make a plan and do something with that money because if you don't make a plan and you just put the money into your normal transactional savings account, once you get it back from the ATO, it just disappears into the hole of general revenue, as (laughs) I call it. And you never really, you'll look back in three years time at the ATO going, oh, I've had like three grand over the past, each year over the past three years. And I don't know what happened to that money. It just disappeared. And it's amazing if you don't give money like a specific purpose, it just can yeah, just goes up in – it's like a sieve. That old sieve that we were talking about. Yeah. The sieve is like that thing in the kitchen. The flower hits it and disappears, just like a sieve. Yeah, uh, I know so some people that are sieves. Have a think about it. Figure out something that works for you. You might put a 1,000 towards one thing, a 1,000 towards something else. But um, make a plan. Even make notes of the decision you make. So in the future, you can look back and go, this is where I put my tax return each year and this is how I helped my own financial future and this is what I did with it. And I think that's really cool to actually just write that down and so you can reflect on it in mm-hmm. years to come. Again, it doesn't matter what you're doing with your money. I'd love to know. We'd love to know what you're doing. Uh, if you're going on holiday, if you're buying companies like stocks, if you're planning to save for a house, getting a new computer, starting a business, 
buying a new computer, taking up $29 flights to go on holiday within Australia, whatever you're doing, share it in the Facebook group because I'd love to know too. start a brand new side hustle. Kogan TV, I'm in the market. So if you know any deals, <laughs> let us know. Wasn't that a few weeks ago you were trying to buy Yeah, TV? I was, forgot to buy on oh, June 30th. So, so you, now I have to you pay stuffed a bit it. more. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe anyway. you have to wait for Boxing Day sales. I can't wait that long. The house is being renovated. Anyway, this could go on forever. <laughs> Kate, as always, thanks for taking some time to join me. Yeah. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, where our mission is to improve the financial futures of all Australians. If you'd like to learn more, create a free account at rusk.com.au forward slash account to download free episode workbooks, bonus resources, and take our amazing free personal finance courses. You can also join our online community by following the link in the description. If you enjoyed the show, what we'd love is for you to leave us a snappy review on iTunes. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Rask Australia. Kate and I are also on both of those channels. Finally, if you have any feedback, suggestions for episodes or guests to come on the show, or you just have a question for us, shoot us an email at podcast at rask.com.au. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.